In 2021, Jacob Steinmetz became the first practicing Orthodox Jew to be drafted by a Major League Baseball team. This spring, he returned to the headlines as one of the youngest pitchers to start a World Baseball Classic, wearing a Team Israel jersey while striking out all-stars like Manny Machado, Jeremy Pena, and Gary Sanchez. What's it like being an Orthodox Jew playing professional baseball? How did he get there, and why hasn't this happened before? Just ahead, we'll talk with Jacob as he takes a breather in between a busy minor league baseball schedule. Don't push pause. You're listening to Jewish Insiders Podcast. And welcome back to Jewish Insiders Podcast. I'm Rich Goldberg. And I'm Jared Bernstein. Jared, uh, happy birthday to Israel this week. Uh, indeed, 75 indeed. years young. You know, it's a, it's, it's a wild uh, and exciting week in Israel. Lots of conferences going on. The World Zionist Conference, the, the JFNA Biennial is going on. Oh, I'm sorry, the JFNA General Assembly is going on. And lots of, lots of protests and counter-protests, all kinds of stuff going on. It is, but you know, I'm reminded by the timeline of events uh, that has governed Israeli public memorials and celebrations since its founding, really. Uh, and that is, of course, last week we marked Holocaust Remembrance Day, Yom HaShoah, a very sad day of memorials, uh, solemn moments, uh, recalling the six million reading names, teaching our children and future generations uh, what type of devastating loss and horror that time period was. And at a time now when we're losing survivors, when we don't have as many left, uh, this becoming all the more important. And then this week obviously starts with another memorial service that Yom Hazikaron in Israel, uh, when Israelis all pause, uh, a big alarm goes out throughout the country, people get out of their cars to remember all of the fallen soldiers, victims of terrorism as well. And then that melts into the celebration of Yom Ma'ut. And while I see Western media coverage now trying to cast this as, oh, Israel at 75, stumbling into 75, Israel at war with itself, Israel in convulsion, protests, a terrorist attack to start the, start the week, all these things, uh, I always think about the fact that there's a lot of horror. There's a lot of bad things. There's a lot of turmoil that has always impacted Israel and and, and Jews uh, writ large, and yet all of that type of uh, you know hurt and horror and pain and discomfort uh, and turmoil uh, disorder all forms into a unified celebration when it comes to Yomat's mood. Israel at seventy five this week. Oh, man. Oh, man. All right, Rich, let's get to our guest. 19-year-old Jacob Steinmetz is a pitcher for the Visalia Rawhide. That's right, the Visalia Rawhide. You're not familiar with the Visalia Rawhide? You will be today by the time we get through this interview. A single-A affiliate of the Arizona Diamondbacks playing in the California League. He was born in Queens, raised in Woodmere, New York. Shout out for the five towns. Shout out to the five towns. There it is. There it is. Yep. He was drafted 77th overall in 2021 
uh, out of Hafter, the Hebrew Academy of Five Towns. Though, when you look at various baseball websites, it says he was drafted out of Elevate Baseball Academy in Delray, Florida. I want to ask him about that because I'm sure there's some Hafter parents, alumni, and donors who would like to know uh, what the truth is. He was a starting pitcher for Team Israel in the recent World Baseball Classic, and we are very excited to have him here on the podcast. Jacob, welcome to the podcast. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. So we got to start at the beginning. How does a nice Jewish kid from the five towns end up playing baseball? And your shul league, I get it, a high school team, sure, but getting drafted by a major league team. Tell us how that happened. Um, yeah, so I mean, like you said, I started playing in the Shul League uh, in T-ball, just like every other kid. Um, went from there to Little League and kind of just, my dad even realized at first, um, realized that I was uh, a little better than everybody else at the time. Um, so we, I just started playing travel ball and I never really thought much of it until I probably got to around 14, 15 years old and kids started getting recruited for college. Um, and even then I didn't really think about playing pro ball. Um, and around 16, 17 is kind of when I was, I started growing a little bit. I started throwing harder and started really working at it. Um, and I, I guess that's kind of the, the basics baseball story of how I got, how I got to pro ball. And you talk about your dad's intervention there. Your dad's not just like a normal like Jewish dad who's just like, oh yeah, I like this t-ball thing. Like my son looked good at t-ball, right? Like your your father, for those who don't know, played basketball for Yeshiva University. The coach, longtime coach of the men's basketball team at Yeshiva University. What was that dynamic like growing up? Was was that an influence in you in pursuing sports? Was he more of a coach, you know, than just sort of a father? Like, how, how does that play out in your home? Were you growing up with sports everywhere? Like, yeah, you could be Orthodox Jewish and play sports. Yeah, and Jacob, uh, uh, this is instructive for me because I co- I coach a flag football league for my my twelve year old, and sometimes it's hard being a father coach. So please uh, drop some knowledge on us here. Yeah, so actually, my dad wasn't really my coach. Um, he coached he coached me in basketball when I was a little younger, but not much. Um, he never really had a lot of time to do it, uh, just with practices and work and everything. Um, so he would always he would always come obviously when he was when he was able to. Um, but he never really he never really I don't know if he coached my brother even that much. If he hasn't coached my sister that much, he tries to really stay out of the coaching aspect of it. Um, I'm not sure what the exact reason is. I think he just doesn't enjoy it as much when it's not um, a good level of, of sports. But baseball wise, he never really, he never really played. Like he also only played shul league. Um, so when I started playing and playing at higher levels, he kind of just left it to the coaches that I was playing for. Um, and I guess because he didn't know as much about it, for him he was just trying to find um, people that had my best interests. And thankfully he was able to, and he's kind of picked up on it a little bit throughout the years. But growing up, we were, we were always a big sports family. Um, obviously basketball him being a basketball coach was probably the biggest and all three of, or all two of my siblings, all three of us, um, all play basketball. And he was a little more coaching with that, but baseball wise, he never really coached me. And to come back to, to, to the timeline for a second, I, I understand you transferred, from Hafter Hebrew Academy Five Towns to a baseball academy in Florida during the pandemic, and you're actually listed as being drafted 
out of that being your high school, not out of out of Hafter. Uh, I'm curious, sort of, how did that come about? Um, you're in the middle of COVID. You're playing baseball at Hafter. COVID's interrupting everything. How how did you end up, you know, sort of saying, oh, hey, you know, I could go to Elevate Baseball Academy in Delray, Florida, and you know, suddenly, you know, that's where you're getting drafted out of. Yeah, so I didn't really transfer because um, I Elevate's not really a. It wasn't really a school. Um, it's more, it was really just more like baseball related stuff. So we would, everyone would go to different schools. There's a lot of kids out of Florida, but, um, a lot of kids would go to, we would just go to school separately. Um, and then at nights we would have practices or games or whatever. So, um, for me, I was still doing online school at after I graduated from after, um, as for it saying, I got drafted out of elevate. I put after on the thing and I guess more people had known me from elevate than after. So that's what they, they said on draft day, but the Hafter hall of fame knows that you graduated. We're drafted out of half. Yeah, right? Exactly. Yeah. I, I think every Hafter parent and alum is now calling various websites after this podcast. Right. Right. Yeah. So, all right. You, you were accepted to Fordham university to play baseball uh, and talk us through the decision making between going to college, uh, playing baseball in college, or go, or entering into major league draft. Yeah, well, school sucks, <laughs> so that was the <laughs> probably the biggest <laughs> biggest change for me. No, I mean, I, I I was I was all right at school. I was able to, I, I got pretty good grades, and obviously, I was able to get into Fordham Business School, which was cool. Um, but for me, like getting the opportunity at 17 years old at the time to be able to start pro ball and really have a head start, even on a lot of the college kids that I ended up getting drafted with, um, and being able to develop in a pro setting as opposed to a college setting was, was probably the most intriguing part for me. And so, so there gotta be pros and cons of that, right? Because you know, you're, you're literally in in the, in the big leagues, right? I mean, you're, you're playing minor league ball, but like it is a pro environment. Most people are, are older than you, different places in life. Certainly, um, uh, Jews and, and, and observant Jews got to be few and far between. And so that's got to present its own set, set of challenges for you, uh, being, you know, where you are and doing what you're doing. Yeah, for sure. I mean, as with everything, there's pros and cons with everything, but I felt like for me, um, I was going to have to figure out the Orthodox Jewish part um, in college and then in Pro Bowl. Um, so another pro for that was why not just figure it out once in Pro Bowl um, where, I mean, I, I feel like it would it would be a lot easier because in college it's not as much about development as it is about winning. Um, and that's anywhere in college. That's not just not just at Fordham. That's just how college sports are. You're trying to win. Um, more than you're trying to develop um, as opposed to pro ball where obviously you're still trying to win, but a lot of it is based on trying to get um, each player to be a a major leaguer. I want to step back a little bit in there and and go back to the timeline because there's one thing I'm not clear on, and that is sounds like you kind of knew you were destined for this track, that, that you already stood out, that you were potentially minor league, if not major league, uh, you know, potential uh, talent there in waiting at some point in your high school years, I imagine, you, you know, you have this Elevate Academy uh, opportunity that you're doing alongside uh, online schooling. 
you you must you already made sort of this decision of I want to go minor I I, I want to get drafted I I don't want to go to college. When does this all sort of happen in your mind? Like, how do you know like I'm going to get drafted? Uh, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna be in a position to get drafted. Like, when does that happen in your high school career? And how do you know that's going to happen? And just like, what are the inside baseball, quite literally, kind of things that happen? Like, is there like an agent that suddenly appears and there's you know somebody's calling you and somebody you know you you knew on draft day you were getting drafted by then? Like, how does it all work? Um. Yeah, so just, I mean, I'll just start quickly on that last point. I, on draft, draft day is three days pretty much um, with the rounds. So at that point, I kind of had an idea that I was going to get drafted and where I would get drafted. Um, but leading up to it, I really had no idea about pro ball until, like, even when co- I, I committed to college um, no uh, November of 2019, so right before COVID. Um, and even then, had no intentions of playing pro ball out of high school. Um, was thinking maybe I could see how college goes and maybe play after college. Um, COVID happened and then I started working out a little bit during COVID and started taking it more seriously. Um, and that summer in 2020, um, my coach happened. So my coach for travel ball that year happened to be a former scout who had a lot of relationships in there in the Long Island area with other scouts. And he also happens to be an advisor or works with um the agency i'm with right now true gravity baseball um so he was kind of we kind of had a good we had a good relationship with him for about a year at that point and he was he started bringing scouts out to the games and me and my dad and i mean i was just there to pitch and have fun or whatever and try to get ready for for college obviously not thinking much of it and my dad thought he was nuts um so that summer kind of went and started picking up a little bit of steam so that off season in 2021 um in like the winter i started i decided i was going to go for it and see where i could take it so i at at the time they're not agents they're called advisors because agents would be an ncaa violation somehow um so you call them advisors and they and my family and myself decided that it would be best to get seen and go down to florida for that two three months um, and we decided on that and it worked out well. So what I'm here, if COVID never happens, right. If COVID never hits, you probably graduate like every other kid in your class and go on to Fordham. Uh, it's possible. Um, I mean, that's, that was really when I started kind of working out just cause I had so much free time that it was, I needed something else to do. Uh, when we were we were doing online school, Amazing. which doesn't really wasn't really working out too well at the time because we were all new to it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I just I started working out. I started throwing a lot, um, and getting stronger, and I I came out of it throwing throwing harder. So, Jacob, let me ask you a question. In every baseball movie, first of all, we're going to get to what your favorite baseball movie is later on, but if you have one, but. In every baseball movie, when it's a pro team and they're struggling, there's always this moment where they're like, let's get back to like having fun like we did when we were just kids playing ball. Um, As somebody who is sort of not too far removed from the just being a kid playing ball, but who now does this for a living in a a pretty serious environment, do you find it difficult to like can keep the fun in what you're doing or is it still you know you go out there and and it's a game and you're just trying to get better and yeah you get paid for it but like you know this is a game that you love growing up like 
tell tell me a little bit about that because I don't know. I, I I'm a frustrated high school and college athlete that never had an inkling of of anywhere remotely going pro. Right, I was a football lacrosse rugby guy, but you, you it, didn't have any advisors. You, you no, advisors, I also just did not have the raw talent. Um, although I played against a, a few guys who did go pro, um, and it was very clear that they met, were meant to go pro and I was not. Um, when Shaw Ferguson picked me up and launched me several yards at a scrim- on a scrimmage field in Freeport, Long Island, not too far from where he grew up, Jacob, I knew that like there was something different between me and him in terms of our ability. But tell me, like, is it still fun? Do you still feel like you're a kid going out there playing ball, or is it more of a job now or, or somewhere in between? I'd say it's probably somewhere in between. You definitely, you definitely see that it's, it's a job and it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's tough work. We go at it for a hundred and I mean, big leagues are 162 games. I'm not sure how many of the minor league games are, but we go six days a week and we're at the field for pretty much most of the day. Um, as a pitcher, as a starting pitcher, it's a little easier just because I pitch once a week and I know I'll have the next six days off. Um, but I still, I mean, I still love it, especially, especially on, on days where I get to start, um, on days where I pitch, I should say. Um, once, once you go out there, I mean, for me, there's nothing like it. We talked a little bit about your dad, Jacob. I want to talk about other people in your life as well, their influence on you, how, the, how they're taking to this new lifestyle uh, you know, other members of your family, extended family, your teachers back in high school, your friends, uh, back in New York. Um, what is, what is everybody saying about this? How's everybody dealing with this? Is this just like, Oh, this is cool. Or is it like, well, what is he thinking? Or, you know, you got a bunch of friends like, you know, we're trapped in Israel. They're, they're, they're like, you know, doing something else there. You know, people are off in their, in their college careers and, and you're, you know, in, in, Middle California and in, in, in you know single A baseball plugging away and it's sort of like you know you you feel like alone there. But what's the dynamic like for you? Family, I think everyone thinks it's cool. Um, they were also probably a little skeptical at, at the beginning, which I was myself, even I should say. But um, but I, I mean now that I, I'm here and I've been doing it for a couple of years now, they're they're all pretty supportive about it. Um, and friends, yeah, the friends part's interesting just because, I mean, we're all in such different places. Like a lot, most of my friends went to Israel for a gap year. I was able to go down there actually for about a month and visit them, um, last year or yeah, last year, two years ago, whatever it was. Um, so that was cool. But I mean, now some of them are still there for for the second year. Some of them just came home after their second year. Um, some of them only went one year and are in college now. Some of them didn't even go. So it's kind of like, we all kind of went our, our different ways, but we still talk and hang out as much as we could. Um, and we're just as close as we were. So, so Jacob, what most of us know, and I re- alluded to it earlier about minor league baseball comes from the movie Bull Durham. So could you tell us like a little bit what a little bit what like is like in the California league? Is it just like the movie? Are you staying in not, you know, so, so hotels and are you on a, 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 like a team bus for hours at a time or is it, you know, something else? Tell, tell us a little bit more. Like you just told us you're at the, you know, you're at the park six days a week. What does that look like? Are you on the road? Is it, do you have somebody that you, you know, your room with, you have somebody you like to sit with on the bus, you know, what's it like in the California league? It's definitely not. I mean, honestly, the Bull Durham movie, I've probably seen it a couple, maybe like once or twice. It was so long ago that I don't even remember it as so much. Um, but 
just from hearing stories about minor league baseball in the past, um, it's nothing like what I expected it to be. Um, it's way better, and it's a credit to. I mean, now with the new, the we have a union now, which is which is awesome, and the new CBA that was just passed um, definitely benefits us a lot. But also, just in general, baseball has been making strides to make minor league life a lot better. Um, so for I mean, for us right now, we're I'm actually we're back in Visalia right now, and we have a, a little bit of a home stretch, so we're actually. A lot of the most of the guys, at least in Visalia, I think other levels are maybe apartments or other stuff. But we have Airbnbs out here, um, and at least so my house is four people, and we all we all get our own rooms, and it's actually it's actually pretty nice. So I can't complain on that end. Um, and bus rides, I know they've been trying also to to kind of make the bus rides not as big of a deal. Um, where I'm not sure exactly what the farthest we travel is, but it's nothing like what I've I've heard about where you're sleeping and spending days and nights on the bus and traveling and then playing three days and then coming back. I know at least for us, we were just on a road trip and I happened to have just flown down here um, during the road trip. So this is my first time back here, but I know that we, so we spent six days at, or yeah, we, we spent six days um, at a, at a, on a road trip or a series of six games um, that way. The, the travel is split up way better. And yeah, I mean, on, on the road, we, we stay in hotels um, and we, we get roommates, but it's nothing too bad. And, and for our listeners, maybe just describe where Visalia is relative to other cities we, we would probably recognize and how that sort of plays into, you know, is it easy to, to, to get kosher food in for your Airbnb or are you able to, you know, where you are in what, what may be a little bit more remote um, feeling still, you know, feel connected to some Jewish community uh, in the regional area. Yeah. So there's really not a lot out here. Um, we're kind of in between, like, I think I, I've been described as I've been described about it as kind of right smack in the middle of LA and San Francisco. Um so I think we're we're about like forty five minutes from Fresno, which is probably the closest city that people have heard of. Um, so the kosher food, not much going around here. Um, so I've been I'm trying to still figure that out a little bit, just because I've only been down here a week. Um, but I've been ordering um, stuff from either either my mom. My, so my first week, actually, my mom had sent me stuff um, from back home that I was kind of kind of able to. I was able to use for that week. Um, and the team's been great about trying to find me stuff. Also, they've been ordering in meals. Um, it's only been a week again, so ha- nothing really, um, set in stone yet, but I've just, I've, I've been able to order stuff from, there's a grocery market, uh, a supermarket out in LA, I think that delivers. And there's another place, um, back in Jersey, actually, that ships out food nationwide. So kind of just piecing it together here and there. And hopefully our California-based listeners are are taking this in and uh, making their own little checklist to uh, to come and become the latest <laughs> uh, supporters and admirers of uh, Visalia Baseball. And uh, is there a Chabad in Visalia? There will be. There will be after this episode. Right. I think, I think uh, there's a Shliach on the plane right now. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I don't think there is actually, I think there is one in Fresno, but again, we're like 30, 45 minutes from there. So 
Uh, I, I I will put money down that it is the Fresno Chabad rabbi who ends up with the kosher delivery train for you, or at least for Shabbat meals uh, in the future. Uh, I, you know, it, this is sort of uh, bridging th- this conversation here, and we touched on it a little bit uh, at the top, and that is to kind of burrow in on sort of being an Orthodox Jew, playing professional baseball, the trajectory you're on here. Uh, to me, there's obviously a lot of things that go into being a practicing Orthodox Jew, I think the most obvious ones uh, that would probably be challenges are how you dress, how you eat, uh, and when you can play or practice, uh, meaning, you know, Shabbat and Yom Tov and things like that. And, you know, we don't want to pry into your personal life decisions. You don't have to talk about anything you don't, you don't want to talk about. That's fine. Um, but for other aspiring players out there, maybe just talk about how you approach those challenges and how you see those challenges playing out for you, both in the minor league and the potential, at least what you've heard of, as you rise up towards the majors. Thankfully, it's been super easy so far, um, especially out in Arizona. Um, the team has been unbelievable about it, finding me kosher food wherever I go. Um, even when they told me that I was going to be moving up to Visalia, they, they told me, and they also said that they were going to do whatever they could to try to find me a place closest to the field um, for me to walk on Friday nights and Saturdays. And they're going to try to find me kosher food and stuff and work with me um, about that. So they've been very helpful with that, which may, which has made it a lot easier. But for me, um, the kosher food isn't as big of a problem just because I know worst case I can order or not order, but I could do an Instacart order or something from a, a supermarket that has just bagels and cream cheese and that could be my my go-to meals if I have to but I, I've been we've been figuring it out um, pretty well and I also know that if worst case I could have my parents ship me something out here um, which is what I've been doing so far it seems like I might be doing for for however long I'm in I guess affiliate ball or at least in an area where there isn't as much kosher food um and then for, for Shabbos is for Sabbath. Um, I, I mean, they, the team's also been trying to avoid me having to pitch on Saturdays, um, which in minor league ball is pretty easy because um, we have six game series, as I said, and we have six starters. So it kind of works out that each person has their own day. So they just slotted me in on whichever day. And so Saturdays, I'm able to just kind of walk to the field and not really have to worry about anything else. Well, good on, good on the Diamondbacks organization. I was that's the only nice thing I'll say about them after what they did to the Yankees in the 2001 yeah. World Series. Uh, but uh, good on them. Speaking of which, who did you grow up rooting for? The Yankees in professional baseball. The Yankees. Oh, I, Yankees. Yeah, born yeah. in Queens. Yeah. yeah. But which is typically Mets country. But uh, so yeah. let of, me ask a you lot this: of contradictions so, here, but then but then ends up in Woodmere, which again. I have a lot of Woodmere friends who are Mets fans. It's all it's yeah. All that's 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 typically Mets country. Also, yeah. um, so how many times in your life, Jacob, has somebody said the words Sandy Koufax and <laughs> and pitching in the World Series on Yom Kippur? Like that's got to. I mean, we kind of have to ask it because we're we're running a podcast here. But do you get asked that just like literally all the time whenever you're in a room? Somebody say, "Oh, like, what about Sandy Koufax pitching on on Yom Kippur in the World Series?" or or is that a thing you get a lot? Um, yeah, it comes up a little bit. Um, it comes up a lot for my teammates. Uh, not as much as the Sandy Koufax stuff, but just like asking me different situations and 
like trying to make up the most impossible situations that they could think of to see what I would do. Um, but obviously all in good fun. Um, but the Sandy Koufax stuff uh, definitely comes up a little bit, but uh, I, I wouldn't say too much really. And did you grow up when you were a kid, do you remember being told about Sandy Koufax? Like do you, what's your first memory of like somebody saying that to you? I mean, growing up in, in Woodmere, obviously, you know, m- m- very significant Orthodox community, but like, what's your first memory of, of being told about Sandy Koufax or what that meant as a, as a Jewish ball player? Obviously from a young age, um, when you're as a, as a baseball fan growing up, you kind of, it's kind of just the person you hear about as like the, the Jewish baseball player, um, and that story. And obviously I, I heard it way before I even forget pro ball and college baseball, probably even before I thought I would be playing baseball over basketball. I don't know if there's a specific first memory I have of hearing it, but just hearing it and kind of hearing the story and stuff was definitely cool as a young Jewish kid trying to, I mean, at that time, just have fun playing baseball. But as I grew up, kind of knowing, um, kind of knowing that story uh, um, was definitely a little more relatable. Jacob, you're back in the news uh, most recently uh, with your starting pitching uh, for Team Israel uh, and striking out some very big name all stars from the major league, which we'll, which we'll talk about next. But curious, how you hooked up with Team Israel? What what's the background there? How did you decide to play for Team Israel in the World Baseball Classic? And any good stories from that you would share? In twenty in 2017, I was a freshman in high school, just watching the world baseball classic, um, with my brother, who's a couple years younger than me. Um, and we saw team Israel was making a run and we, uh, we thought it was really cool. And at the time I hadn't been playing super high level, but I was trying to play, trying to see if I could play college base. Also, I thought to myself, it'd be pretty cool if I'd be able to, to play with them one day, not really expecting anything. Um, again, not even thinking about pro ball at the time. And maybe kind of thinking about college baseball, but nothing crazy yet. Um, and fast forward six years or I guess five years when we started, started uh, having conversations. Um, I think my, my dad reached out to somebody. Um, we were kind of just trying to, trying to get a, a, a contact in the, with Team Israel to kind of reach out and see what, we, see what we can do about getting on the team or just even building a relationship for maybe. The next LBBC when I'm a little older, um, to to be on the team, and my, I mean we were in we were in talk we we talked with them for a good a good amount of time just kind of they they had to see who would play who was going to play who wasn't going to play, um, how much roster spot how much roster space they had available, um, and eventually the I got I got the opportunity to play for them. Um, not really expecting much playing time, really just kind of join. Uh, I mean, joining just cause I, I wanted to have the experience and being able to be around, around the big league guys and the other minor league guys and kind of just learn from the experience and build relationships for maybe the next couple of years. Um, and, and being able to contribute then and going in thought maybe I'd, I have a bullpen role come in if we're down by a lot or up by a lot and just eat outs or something like that. And they had me start one of the exhibition games um, down there. Uh, we had played against the Washington Nationals in a spring training game. And I started. I went. I had a, a pretty good first inning. Um, that was all I pitched. So had a pretty good outing. 
And I guess they saw that they liked what they saw there. And they told me I was going to start that, that game against the Dominican Republic. Um, so it was kind of a quick turn of events there, but it was, it was an experience I wouldn't trade for anything. And coming in and pitching against the Dominican Republic, right? Baseball powerhouse, uh, you know what? What's your mindset go, like going into a game like that? You know, c- clearly you're you're like you just described it. This was something that you expected a bullpen role, if if a role at all. And next, you know, you're starting as the Dominican Republic, which is like, you know, one of the uh, countries to produce more baseball legends than any any other on the globe, right? And and here you are starting this game against them. W- what's your mindset like walking into that? So I was more excited than I was nervous. Um, just knowing that, I mean, I, I knew it, and a couple of the a couple of the veteran guys on the team even even were were talking to me were talking to me before the game, just kind of knowing like I'm I'm there, I'm way younger than everybody, and I'm not really expected to do much. Um, so just kind of go out there, have fun, and compete. And for me, it was trusting my trusting my ability and my talents and stuff and my stuff, um, and knowing that if I th- if I throw strikes, then there's nothing. There's nothing really that they could do about it, um, and that's just kind of the confidence you have to have on the mound. But especially going up against those guys, if you try to if you try to be too perfect, you end up getting behind the counts, and that's when these guys will really make you pay. So for me, I was just going to try to. I was I was trying to pitch, not not scared. Um, I guess is the way to put it, or pitch confident. I guess um, knowing that they would expect me as a 19 year old to with in in rookie ball pitching against that all-star team to to come in and try to pitch them soft with curveballs and change-ups and sliders and all that kind of stuff. So I just just tried to attack them, and thankfully it worked out a little bit. Give, give them the heater. It, it, there's like – we're having a lot of, mo- having yeah. a lot of movie exactly. references here. So so the, the movie of my youth, one of them, uh, is definitely Rookie of the Year. I don't know if you ever saw that one because it's a Cubs-centered you know centered movie as well. That's why I loved it growing up. Yep. But the who? I'm like, I'm like picturing like – Sorry, no, the, sorry Chicago, you know, the Chicago Cubs. The, okay, sorry. The, the yeah, we got two New Yorkers here, Rich. It's, uh, champion you know, it's, Chicago <laughs> yeah, Cubs okay, from just yeah. like, you know six and a half years ago. Okay. Uh, so the 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 question I have is sort of you know is that I'm picturing you sort of up on the mound there, staring down like your own probably heroes, people who you're sort of a fan of, and watching their careers, all stars, yeah. seen on TV, and now you're standing in against them. And you strike them out like like the whole dynamic just must be mind boggling, like in the moment, which is a testament to you probably just on like being able to just stay in the zone and just, you know, do what you need to do. Yeah, it was definitely cool um, being out there. I mean, in the moment, didn't realize it as as much because kind of mind goes blank and kind of just the body takes over a little bit. But especially, I mean, after the first strikeout was kind of I was fighting back the smile a little bit, but. After after each inning, and I mean, I only went an inning and two thirds or whatever, obviously. So after the first inning, and then after I got taken out, um, we're both kind of. I was able to kind of reflect on the previous inning and kind of what happened. And I mean, after the second inning, I was or after I got taken out. I mean, you could, there's plenty of videos and pictures that went around of of me smiling, walking off the mound. I was kind of kind of excited with how it went, and well. A little proud that I just kind of I went in. Uh, I didn't pitch scared, and then kind of kind of went well. 
And of course, Israel's 75th birthday this week uh, is now an alum of, of Team Israel. Uh, does Israel play a role in your life at all? Um, you know, sort of talk about like how you, your relationship with Israel as Israel turns 75. Um, yeah, I mean, I've, I've gone to Israel a bunch of times. Thankfully, I've been lucky, to get, lucky enough to be able to go. Um, and I mean, I went a little bit when I was younger that I don't really remember. But more recently, I was able to go when I put on spelling and when my brother put on spelling. Um, I was able to go on, on Sulam on a summer program for five weeks with my friends um, to Israel. Um, we were there for Sukkot this past year. I was there for a month, like I said before that, for, for just to, to visit my friends. Um, I believe we plan on going for Sukkot this year again. So it's just, I mean, it's a, it's a special place, and I recommend it to, to everybody. I mean, I even talked to a couple of guys on the team over here um, about it that have no affiliation with Judaism at all, obviously, and I'm probably the first Jew that they met. But when they ask about it, I tell them that it's definitely a place they should try to visit sometime. Well, maybe there's a Visalia exhibition game in your future. Who knows? Yeah, well, yeah, well, let's do it. Want to host? Want to host a California <laughs> league in Israel? I'm sure it's you know similar desert type experience. Rich, we should try and do the play by play for that exhibition if it happens. I'm like happy we should to do. do a- I, I did uh, college baseball play by play. Oh, really? I did that in college. Yeah, uh, I think you are. I, th- I think we would have a good time. All right. So, Jacob, we're going to ask you – we have the lightning round, which is just a couple questions to get a little bit better sense of who you are as a person. Um, and then we know you got a full day uh, rocking and rolling at the park today, so we don't want to keep you too long. But first, first things first, who were your favorite major leaguers to watch growing up? Um, I mean, I my go-to is usually Derek Jeter. The captain, the captain can't go wrong there. Who's your set sa- on that? In terms of people who played with Derek Jeter, who else did you really love on that team? Um, I was a little younger, but I mean, knowing that the game was over whenever Mariano Rivera came in was pretty cool. Yeah, that is pretty cool. Uh, I I got a uh, for my law school graduation. Uh, I got a signed seat back from Yankee Stadium, signed by Mariano Rivera. It's one of my prized possessions. Hangs in my living room. All right, Rich, you go. Do you have a favorite Jewish sports player of all time? Any sport that you've admired, you're growing up like, wow, that person made it. You know, I, I could be a Jewish you know, person in sports too. Um, I don't know. I get asked this question a little bit. Obviously, it pertains to me, I guess. But I don't, I don't know if I really had a, a favorite Jewish sports player just because, I mean, I always say that, like, I know Kevin Euclid was a Jewish sports player, but he was with the Red Sox, so I couldn't like him. Um, <laughs> Alex Bregman's with the Astros, so I couldn't really like him. Um, so it kind of seems like a, a lot of the Jewish sports players that I grew up watching um, were, were rivals with the Yankees. So I don't really know if I had a, a favorite. All right, Jacob. Favorite, uh, favorite restaurant in the five towns? Mm, wow. Oh, um, right now, I mean, you can't go wrong with, with Doma. Um, it's a good, it's more of a, a, more of the fancy type restaurant, but don't go there as much, but I'll, I'll go with a different one. I probably went to this place over a hundred times throughout my four years of high school. So I, I have to say, holy schnitzel. Holy schnitzel. Holy schnitzel. I like that. Good, that should that's... be like the team motto. Should introduce yeah. that, like holy schnitzel, holy schnitzel. Holy schnitzel. All right, the announcer, you got like next time you have a strikeout on the mound, the announcer should be like, "Holy <laughs> schnitzel!" Steinmetz strikes out another. 
See, Rich, you're already getting ready for what we're going to call this play-by-play for this, I, for this I'm, exhibition I'm game. right now if, if they couldn't tell out in Visalia. All right, Jacob, favorite baseball movie of all time? Oh, um, so a lot of, I mean, a lot of baseball movies I watched when I was a lot younger, so like I don't really remember them as much. Um, like I, I mean, I've seen... I've seen all the the classic ones. I've seen all. I've seen the Sandlots. I've seen Rookie of the Year. I've seen Bull Durham. I've seen Major League. Um, a favorite. Um, I don't know the Major League movies. I always found pretty funny. Um, just especially as a, as a younger kid. Just I did too them because. Because it demonized the Chicago White Sox, and I found that important <laughs> as a child. <laughs> All right, Jacob Steinmetz, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Good luck the rest of the season, and hope to see you back again soon. Thank you guys for having me on. If you like this show, help us get the word out to other people. Subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And most importantly, tell your friends because it's the best recommendation we can get. Until next time, this is Jewish Insiders Podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.